we all struggle with that and i think that especially if you are a people pleaser it doesn't matter what age or where you're at in your career that's something that you're gonna have to actively always work to um, keep in mind when you're making decisions and welcome back to the Build With BBB podcast. We're on season two, episode four, and today we are interviewing friend and networker and connector Taylor Connell with Pulse and Text. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. Do you want to tell everybody what you do at Pulston? Yeah, so um, like she said, I'm Taylor. I work at Pulston Tax. I am our business development manager. So essentially what we do at Polston in our department is we're in charge of in and outbound referrals and revenue for our company. Um, Our company primarily does tax resolution. That's our bread and butter. We also do accounting, CPA, tax prep services, and then a little bit of cannabis accounting and high-end tax strategy as well. So primarily in my role, I get to go out in the community, um, host educational programs, and do a lot of networking really with the angle in mind of establishing great connections for our business and also for our clients. Yeah, I would say that um, for for the business owner or community member who's not familiar with Polston Tax, um, you guys are rocking the networking game um, at a lot of different things, and you do a wonderful kind of happy hour event pretty often, yeah? Yeah, so uh, my co-manager, Ashley, and I, every month we host a happy hour where it's free, open to people in all industries and professionals of all ages. We have them get together, come, and just really, it's pretty casual, but they get to meet everyone there, learn a little bit about what each person does in their company, and they have the ability to connect with them in an email follow-up afterward. So, Taylor, when we were kind of chatting about what we wanted to talk about on the Build with BBB podcasts, one of the first things that you kind of brought to mind had to do with management and also um, growing into your role and how to recognize some different things. So you want to talk about our topic today? Yes. So today we're going to be talking about effective decision making and then also personal and professional growth. And then additionally, how to receive feedback and implement it in an effective manner. So uh, there's a lot that goes into that topic. Uh, I think that let's let's start by uncovering why is it important? Why is it important to be open to feedback and implement it effectively in your personal and professional growth? Yeah, so feedback is incredibly important because I think that it really allows us to examine our blind spots. You know, unfortunately, we just can't always see those for ourselves. So having that outside perspective can really help you become aware of those areas. And then getting that feedback can show you where you need to strengthen yourself in. It's not always easy to be vulnerable in those situations, right? Because when you think of um, your business or when you think of working in a business, it's not always fun to have those conversations with people to say, maybe you're not thinking of this, Um Especially for me, I would say maybe earlier on in my career, I wasn't, I said I was open to feedback, but I don't think I really was maybe until I had been working in an industry for a longer amount of time. I think that we can all relate to that. I could say the same thing. I think that when 
you're young, you almost have to develop this level of confidence just to Mm -hmm. kind of get your foot in the door somewhere. And I think that is great, but I think that that can also sometimes not allow space for the feedback that you need later on down the road. So I think one thing that's important about that is finding a really good mentor who you trust and respect. And I think that is key because if you're constantly asking feedback to someone that you don't trust, then you're probably not going to feel like you're getting what you're looking for out of that interaction. So talking about mentorship, um, and I know that when I have been looking for a mentor in previous roles, it's often been referrals from either like my boss or somebody that I know well in the community who I might reach out to. Do you have any recommendations on um, a young professional, or even a mid-level manager, or maybe even somebody in senior leadership? How do you find a mentor? Sure. So I think it's most difficult probably to find a mentor when you're first starting out in your career. Um, so if you're an employer and you have some younger employees, obviously it can be hard to sometimes receive feedback or address challenges with someone who is working in your company. So I think sometimes joining other networking groups where you might have peers who have experience in a similar industry, but maybe they have a few years, your senior, they're a little bit ahead of you and maybe they've been in your shoes, but have gotten promoted. They might be a good person, a good place to look for. And then I think just also, again, peer groups, um, I think sometimes we hold on to those people who you ask for recommendation letters that might be a really good place for someone who's just starting out in their career to continue that relationship for the time being until they're able to build their network and meet more people in the community who they can trust and then i think once you become more mid-level and you dive into your connections in years to come for me i know a lot of my um safe places if you will people who i trust to give me feedback have come from past coworkers or people um, like yourself that I used to work to and really grew to respect and get to know and um, trust. So I think that past coworkers are another really great option to look at um, for peer feedback. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I will say that just adding to, to what you said, that any person that I have approached and asked if they would be interested in doing some kind of mentor relationship, they've always been so open. And so I would say for anybody who's on the um, who's on the fence about like, should I really ask this person to be a mentor? It can be incredibly flattering when you're approached by somebody who hasn't been working in an industry as long as you and they say, they see you, they recognize that you're doing good things in the community and they want to learn from you. Um, So yeah, I would just say that to anybody who's looking for a mentor, don't be afraid of asking those questions because you'll find that um, most professionals are excited to help you. Um, They want to share the industry knowledge that they have. And again, like incredibly flattering to be approached by somebody to say, I want to learn from you. Um, I know that's how I would feel. Yes. And To that point, too, I think that you can also ask your peers if they have anyone in their life that they have had mentor them, because I know that you've had a couple of people mentor you in the past and you've kind of shared that they've been really helpful. Mm -hmm. But at some point, that relationship might come to a natural end, just if you feel like you've already talked kind of through all of your weaknesses with them and gotten maybe out of the relationship that you needed to so it might be good to even see if they were open if they were a good fit for you they could be a good fit for someone else and kind of pass those mentors along to others as well yeah i never thought about that yeah there's Mm -hmm. there's some incredible i will say like men and women even 
<laughs> even um, a few in my life who maybe weren't official mentors who have shared so much with me. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be anywhere without them. I get kind of choked up because it's like, you know, work is hard and we dedicate so much of our time, like, you know, half of our life to yeah, working. Sure. Um, you should have those people in your corner to help, you know, move the cage forward or, um, be able to bounce ideas off of it can really be invaluable i think that the biggest thing when receiving feedback that you have to be aware of that can be challenging is staying open-minded especially if it's something that you're proud of it might be an area that you think you excel at and sometimes when we get negative feedback about those areas that can be the hardest pill to swallow and so staying open-minded making sure that you're not defensive and i think the most important key too is making sure that that's someone that you trust and someone you respect like i was saying earlier because if you don't have those um values there in line with that person who's giving you feedback then you almost might either be not inclined to take their feedback or you might feel like you're in a position where we don't have the same values so by taking their feedback i might be compromising something that i believe and the key distinction there is it's important to examine those things but make sure that you're not just kind of putting their feedback on the back burner because they're telling you something that you don't want to hear you brought up an interesting point in that in that discussion. Um, how do you approach somebody when they provide that feedback and maybe you don't agree? Or do you have any tips for um, somebody in that situation? That's kind of a toughie. I agree. That is hard. <laughs> so I think one way to kind of maybe sort out if it actually is a good piece of feedback is have you maybe gotten this feedback in other areas um, or from other people? If you've received feedback from other people that's very similar, then that might be time to examine maybe making a change there. Now, if it's someone that gives you feedback that you don't agree with, again, I think it's important to examine your relationship with them and then maybe see if they have your best interest in mind. And if they are coming from a good place, I think it's important to know, okay, I might have a blind spot in this area. How can I address it? Are there any patterns? Maybe kind of examine some things um, like similar situations in the past where you might have reacted a certain way that you're getting feedback on and see if you can um, find any patterns from that. And if the answer is no to those things, if you can't find a pattern, if you don't feel like they have their best interest in mind and you feel like you don't agree with them for that reason, then it might be time for you to just say, I appreciate you sharing with me. That couldn't have been easy. I don't think that our opinions on this align and I'm happy to talk about this with someone else. Um, but I think for us to maintain whatever relationship, working relationship that we have, that we should probably steer clear of this subject and I can take that to someone else going forward. So Taylor, when I think back to, especially early on in my career, um, when I was maybe, if I'm being honest, a little bit more naive, <laughs> um, I often would struggle with having those kind of candid conversations with people or being open to feedback because I had this strong desire to always please everyone around me. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think that we all struggle with that. And I think that especially if you are a people pleaser, it doesn't matter what 
age or where you're at in your career, that's something that you're going to have to actively always work to um, keep in mind when you're making decisions. I know for me, I'm also a people pleaser to your point, and it can be hard when people give me advice or feedback and I just feel like it's not the right decision. I feel it in my gut. And so the people pleasing aspect of me maybe wants to take their advice so they feel like they have done something useful for me by providing that. Um, but sometimes, you know, you have to make sure that you're not using feedback as a crutch, that you're not using it to push off making a hard decision because I think it can be really easy when you're on the fence about something if you're a people pleaser to kind of put off that decision making process for a little while oh let me ask this fifth person about it the sixth this eighth person about it and then it's you know really you should have made that decision a day ago and here we are with all these thoughts and feedback uh, from people so I think one making sure that you're not utilizing it as a crutch in that way to kind of avoid like the paralysis of decision making and then I also just think you really need to assess the goals of that decision and what the potential outcomes are going to be and then go with the one the outcome that is going to be in align with your goals and that decision and sometimes it can be hard when you really want to please someone who gave you alternate feedback. I'll say when you get kind of in those um, situations it can be crippling um, to the point where you feel like I just you're getting so much feedback um, and be it like solicited like if you're talking to sure. friends and people who are in your trusted network and you're getting maybe eight different opinions like you had mentioned um, I think that we often we should just go with our gut and if we're really unsure um that's where those mentors can really be helpful. I can't tell you how many phone calls I've had, whether it be like teary or frustrated or um, exhausted or confused about what path that I should take, where those conversations have just been absolutely invaluable because then I left it thinking, okay, one, I just need to like, you know, put on my big girl pants and like figure out the solution to the issue and make a decision. Um, But then also stop using your word stop being paralyzed by the decision because it's just like it's not going to get you anywhere um and if you if you continue to try and find ways to grow in your career um and you get to the point to where you feel like you kind of can decipher between good feedback and maybe feedback that maybe Mm -hmm. isn't as good it can make those decisions so much faster and you'll find and you and I have talked about this a lot like when you're going through your day-to-day tasks something that maybe took you half an hour five years ago it's like oh it took me two minutes or it took me a minute because I've gotten sufficient at it and um, I've learned how to use that positive feedback in a way that is going to reflect my work so um, absolutely and I think another piece of that too when you're trying to make a hard decision so feedback aside I think also knowing your limitations is incredibly important knowing your limitations in your role so that you know here's what I'm capable of in these decisions. And then you can find that point of needing feedback where you can go to someone and ask them for help. Um, And you mentioned, so something that you mentioned earlier that kind of made me think is we talked about feedback being solicited, but what would you do in a case where someone gave you unsolicited feedback? Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I'll be honest. It's not, it's happened, right? Like, and... I think that there have been instances like we've talked about where 
unsolicited feedback helpful and unsolicited feedback unhelpful. Like I've had both of those. Um, and I say like unhelpful, like unhelpful, like unwanted. Like <laughs> I really didn't, I didn't come here for that today. Um, what do you do what, when it's helpful? Say thank you. Just be gracious, I would say. Um, and try not to take it personally if it's bad. And that's hard for me. I don't know if you have that same struggle too, but there's oh, definitely yeah. been a time or two. Um, and I think I can even say like within the past year and a half um, where I've had some kind of feedback like that unsolicited, <laughs> I left that conversation like, wow, my feelings are hurt. And it's okay to admit that. I think sure. sometimes we also get into this routine of like, okay, I just need to like dust myself off. And I've even said it like, put on my big girl pants and just get over it. It's okay to, you know, linger on it a little bit. Just don't let it ruin your whole day. And I'm preaching to the choir here because I do this. Like I'm not always perfect at it, but as you get older, that's the only way I know to say, like as you get older and you get more used to it, it gets a little bit easier. Just, I would say just be gracious because you never know. You might come back to that person and maybe realize they had good intention. Maybe they did. Yeah. They don't always. <laughs> well, that brings up a good point that what you were saying, as we get older, we might become more in practice and accepting feedback. And I do think that even as you go through the years and you get used to feedback, whether it be negative or positive, you still are not always going to receive feedback perfectly. Uh, we can practice receiving it and we can get a lot of experiences of receiving feedback, but in the end, there are probably going to be some moments where you do have weak points and it does throw you off and that's okay. But I think the real growth is seeing less of that. When we're talking about feedback and you and I have both mentioned that when you're feeling paralyzed by the decision-making process to seek out somebody trusted, to seek out a mentor, a friend, what about validation for how you're feeling? I think that's a good point because I don't think that feedback and validation are the same. I think that feedback can be incredibly helpful as we talked about for the growth of your career, you know, examining your blind spots. But validation is its own animal. Validation can be that you're doing something in your work or you're a part of this extracurricular activity or something of that nature because you think one person will see the efforts that you're making and validate you. And it can be wonderful to have a cheerleader. But I think if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, if you're just seeking validation from that one person and you're not getting it from yourself, then what happens if that person moves out of state or you have a fallout and that's kind of where you have teed everything up in your career is centered around this one person that can be devastating. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's really important to make sure that you have a solid foundation for your desires of what you see your growth being in your career and also your wants for the extra things that you want to focus your time and energy on because that's not unlimited. When you say a strong foundation, I you're referring to people in your corner. People in your corner and then also just what you want your career to look like yourself. I think sometimes there are a lot of outside factors mm -hmm. that can make us think that we want to join X, Y, and Z or we need to do this many 
hours working for this nonprofit. And there's just all these examples of these outside factors that maybe people want to see us do in our spare time or that they think will make us a better team player. And um, sometimes I think that, you know, you might lose yourself a little bit in trying to fulfill everyone else's version of you. There's a lot of noise, I would say, and from every direction Um, and not just about work. I mean, yes, we're talking about work and we're talking about, you know, maybe this podcast is maybe more positioned for somebody in like the corporate um, or nonprofit space, like somebody interested who maybe isn't the CEO or maybe isn't the business owner, but maybe in those positions is more helpful. But there's so much noise about everything, about what you should eat, about where you should spend your time, about what books you should be reading, what movies you should be watching um, or not watching or all of these different things. Um, What would you say for a young professional trying to figure out who do I listen to? Right. To your point, there is a lot of noise and it can be hard to drown it out. Again, I think maybe talking through with a mentor where you see yourself at in your career. I think also having someone in your corner who works in the same industry can, uh, as you can be helpful because if they work in the same industry as you, then they're going to know maybe the appropriate stepping stones to get to what you're trying to accomplish. And then also, you know, our time is limited. And so what we choose to do outside of work, I would say, Keep it guarded um, and invent everything that you're doing. I mean, you can go do the after hours events and all the extra things that you join for work, but make sure that you're enjoying some part of it because if you're not, you're going to get burned out really quickly. Taylor, how do you set boundaries to protect your time? Yeah, that's a great question. So, Um, I think that when we talk about setting boundaries, there's kind of this negative connotation in society, especially in the working world, that if you do set boundaries to protect your time outside of work, you're not a, quote, team player. And so I think that that narrative can be a little harmful because it makes it really difficult to exercise your right to use your PTO and take your lunch breaks and enjoy your vacation on the weekends without responding to an email. So I think those boundaries are really important. And I think just getting with your team ahead of time and letting them know when you're going to be in and out of the office, when appropriate times are to contact you, that can really help maybe circumvent some of the issues you might experience of feeling like you need to reach out to people while you're on vacation. Uh, Obviously, out-of-office messages are lifesavers, giving clients and points of contact a um, place to reach you either when you get back or maybe you reach out to someone else within your firm who can help them. I think that's been helpful for me because it really just makes me feel at ease if I know that my coworker has my back when I'm going to be gone. So those communication points within your office and outside of your office to clients have been really helpful in my experience. And if you're if you're a business owner, I would say there's a few things that you can take away from this in terms of like your team. One, I would say be confident that you've hired the right person to do the right job and 
you know, we all need time off like everybody else. And so encourage them, you know, when they're working, if they have questions, if you can tell that they're feeling a little bit off, encourage them to like share that. Because I can say for me, for, you know, our team in particular, our leadership team, when there were times that I was going through something or I was headed toward burnout or I had been attending so many different things and I just felt like a little frazzled, even just lending that listening ear can be incredibly helpful. Um, So business owners, you know, do that. And I'm sure that you already are. But then also just be mindful of, you know, when they're off, let them take that time off because we need it. Like, again, going back to the noise thing, especially working like in the industries that we work in now there's so much all the time to pay attention to and things are changing and there's a new social media app now should we be on it should we not like what should our business do about that um it can be exhausting and i'm speaking from a marketing you know perspective there are other positions even within our organization and other organizations that i'm you know nothing about but i think of you know during tax season Halston stays really busy. And so being mindful of those types of things, like, you know, seasonality of what your business looks like and be be present for your staff, but then also encourage them to take time for their family, for their friends, because it's so important. And you will find that they give back dividends like it just like keeps because they feel like one they're being valued by the person that they're working for um they feel like that they can take time off and rest but then feel like they can come back recharged because they've got a team in place or co-workers are in place who are taking care of it and who doesn't like that feeling like you come back and you're like wow i don't have to scramble for the next week or even like before you take vacation mm-hmm. i don't have to work like two months in ahead because i've got somebody in my corner who's going to make sure that it gets done the way it's supposed to get done i think you hit the nail on the head when you said high support during times of high activity mm-hmm. depending on you know the busy seasons that you might experience in your company Ultimately, just supporting them, especially during those times. Obviously, we want to support everyone year-round, but there are times in businesses that just get a little crazier than others, and so making sure that they have high support and then also feeling like they can come to you and be vulnerable about their challenges so that you're able to address them because ultimately, if someone feels comfortable addressing any challenges that they're facing, Um, then you can work with them to problem solve and provide solutions to them that might make their job easier because ultimately you can't pour from an empty cup. So Casey, one thing that I think we can always use advice on is how to train your employees to be better decision makers. And so one thing that comes to mind for me is really them just knowing the limitations of their role and where it's time to ask for help. So I think if they have an understanding of what their role is and what their strengths are, they can feel empowered to make that decision on their own executively. But then if they have some areas that they might feel like are a little bit outside of their scope, that's a time for them to maybe come in and get help on making that decision. So how would you train your employees to be better at making decisions? Yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into that. I First, I think it's dependent on the skill level of the employee. Like my answer for somebody who is brand new in a role is going to be different than somebody who's maybe a little more seasoned. I would say 
and I, I laugh because I've been that person. Um, and things that were really helpful for me were when my uh, manager would take me along for the ride for whatever decision that they were making to help me understand the why behind they said yes to something or no to something or their decision-making process in general. Of course, mine's going to be different. We're all different people. But if I had a good understanding of why we did a certain thing one way versus why we don't do things a certain way, whether it's based, and I'm talking about marketing here, I'm not a business owner, so you know, keep that in mind, but whether it's based on a brand book or it's based on personal preference, be open with your teammate about that. Like, you know, I'm not going to go with this copy or this graphic because I just don't, I don't like it. Something about it I don't like, or I'm not going to go with this one because this font isn't right, or because the imagery doesn't speak right to the audience that we're trying to reach. Just share with them uh, the reason behind those decisions that you're making so that they then know what your expectations are, that you've provided training for them so they understand, okay, Casey wouldn't do it this way, so what, what way would I do it? And if it's different, that's okay. But does it fall in line with our standards? Does it fall in line with the brand that we're trying to reach or the audience that we're trying to reach? It's all fine if your decision is different than mine. But it can feel really empowering when somebody on your team has the information to make those decisions and they feel like, I know what my boss would do and I know the expectations that they've set. I know how to move forward with this decision because you've provided that training. And then I would say, you know, for for somebody who's been in an industry a little bit longer, I don't know that I have as much advice because most of the people who have been on my team are pretty newer to marketing, I would say, in some positions that I've had in the past. But that peer-to-peer kind of advisory is invaluable, I would say, in any position for decision-making. Lean on your team, you know? If you've hired the right people in the right seat, if you um, encourage open conversation about the things that you're working on, you'll find that you're kind of putting together this culture of professionals who feel empowered to make decisions. They know the vision and the mission of your organization. They're not in the dark. They don't feel like they don't know where the ship is headed. That can be really difficult for somebody in any position to feel like, okay, well, I mean, I can make a decision, but I really don't know the overarching goal of my organization. Um, who wants to make a decision about something if you don't know where you're going? That's, that's, I would say like that's for personal and professional, right? Um, giving people clear understanding about what your goals are, about the people that you serve, about the industries that you're, you know, want to break into or partners that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, having those conversations on a regular basis internally, it's going to help your team figure out where to go. I think that's a really great point, too, that you brought up about if you're a manager and you have a newer employee especially someone newer in their career, let them be in on that decision-making process. I don't know if I can speak for everyone, but I do know as a manager, sometimes I think I have to have all the answers before I go to my team. And I think that's a great point of letting them factor into that and see where your head's at and what your goals are so they know how to utilize those trains of thoughts for themselves when they're faced with their own decisions. Yeah, and I would say... um no matter what experience level somebody is, their opinion matters. And that I think also leads to like impactful and good decision making. If you've got somebody on your team who's worked in an industry for three weeks versus somebody who's worked in it for 16 years, 
ask that person who's been in the industry for three weeks, what do you think? Like, what's your opinion on how we should go with this? Um, Because again, like, it comes into that empowerment, like how important that is for your team to feel like their opinions matter and that they're valued. I so enjoyed our conversation today. I feel like maybe our 30-ish minutes wasn't long enough. We probably could have talked all day, as we do sometimes. Um, But thank you for being on the podcast today. Can you tell our listeners how to connect with you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, But yes, our listeners can connect with me by finding me on LinkedIn. And you can learn a little bit more about how I'm involved in the community, some of my other roles, and my roles within my business there. Yeah. And if you're interested in connecting more on like the Pulse and Tax side, I'll include Taylor's contact information in the description. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. So thank you everybody for listening to season two, episode four of the Build with BBB podcast. You can find it on YouTube podcasts, Spotify, and of course on BBB channels at BBB Central. Okay. We'll see you next time. Bye.